This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So uh, it turns out, because we got cut off the first time we tried to record this, that you go on the XM show. There's tens of millions of people who listen to our XM show, by the way. And we're live on the air, and I'm trying to just move on, you know, talk about what's relevant. And then you, go ahead, tell, say what happened on the XM show today. Yeah, I start bragging about how I dominated our Thanksgiving Day draft. I, no one had scored it, but I, look, I had like eight touchdowns. I don't think anyone else had more than five. I did the rudimentary math in my head, and I was like, come on, man. What, what are you going to overlook this? It was just obviously being facetious because one of the games didn't even happen until five days after we did the draft. And we yeah, I had DeAndre Swift and Amendola, neither of whom even played. Like, you know, my first pick was DeAndre Swift. But, but I gave you credit. I said, oh, you know what? That's fine. In this draft where a game was five days later and some of the guys didn't even play in the thanksgiving format you were the best and i actually gave you credit and i said we have probably i think we average like 30 40 million users on an average thursday i mean users listeners 30 40 million and so i tell the you know, the public the truth what i thought was the truth and then what's what's the actual truth so then after the show ends, uh, Jeff Erickson does the math and records the scoring and shoots us all out. And he was the winner by like 10 points. He beat me. And uh, I trust Jeff. He's obviously knows wouldn't mess around with that. And uh, it's pretty funny. I, I, I did all that bragging. And ultimately, I did not win the said draft. But you know what? Uh, everyone in XM, they, they won't know. And they'll be none the wiser. And isn't that interesting? I mean, fortunately for Jeff, this is a completely transparently auditable process, right? Because we know exactly who everyone took. We know the scoring system. We can go to the stat pages and find out exactly what they scored. And even though you claimed to win and we're you know, already occupying the, the office of Thanksgiving Day winner, we have an office for that, obviously. Uh, and we're moving your people in uh, when we did the, uh, the relook. In this completely transparent, audited way, you lost. And I went and I, useful idiot that I am, told the public that uh, that you had won and even gave you credit. So we sorely regret this, and hopefully it doesn't undermine your confidence in future Thanksgiving Day drafts. You will know better than just to take my word for it moving forward. But so, yeah, that's pretty funny how that happened. So I started thinking about this, you know, the reality. Because actually, I started thinking about this because there's this guy uh, on Twitter, uh, Christopher Cole, I followed him briefly i might have unfollowed him just because whatever i followed and follow these random financial people and he was talking about how and this is kind of well known there's two schools of thought there's the value school of thought the warren buffett school where stocks commodities whatever they have intrinsic value i think based on like future cash flows you know what the business earns based you know versus the, what it costs you know the stock price the price to earnings things like that the the intrinsic value of the business. And then there's other people that say the, the stock is worth whatever the market says it's worth, meaning if there's a bid for that stock, then that's what the stock's worth. If there's someone willing to pay $100 a share and you've got the stock, it's worth $100 a share, whether the company's losing money, making money, whatever. It's just, it is whatever it is. And so he's saying that this is like two different meta, you know, meta ways of looking at value and if you look at value the the Buffett way, we're headed for serious deflation because there's not enough business going on to justify these stock prices and there's going to be a massive crash. But if you think the Fed is just going to make sure that there's you know a, a bid on everything no matter what, 
then then the second way is right that there's always going to be a bid but then the risk is massive inflation because the stocks just keep going up 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 totally disconnected from actual earnings because it's just this sort of fake money that's going to be bidding up the price so you're always going to keep bidding on and this is sort of like a philosophical golf right which what which is it is it eventually going to go down to the value or is it just hey as long as there's money being printed and people willing to bid it for that reason and nowhere else to put the money because bond yields are negative then that's what the the company's stock is worth this is funny elon literally just warned this very thing i believe in the last couple of days that he's his the that their tesla stock could uh, theoretically could crash like a i believe something like a sledgehammer through a souffle because it's all theoretical value basically he's saying exactly what you're saying sorry right. continue yeah because it's, it's just what people are willing to pay for it and they're only willing to pay for it because of the current macro environment it's not like in a regular environment where you can just put your money in a government bond and get five percent risk-free that they'd be paying this much for these stocks. But you can't get anything. You lose money. Bonds trail inflation. You can't. You have to put money in stocks. So everyone's buying the shit, and the Fed is pumping money into this thing, and the, the assets are inflating. But is that going to stop or not? Or what's, you know, no one really knows. So you've got these two sort of diametrically opposed schools of thought. You know, one that the company's worth has an intrinsic value, and the other one, the company's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. But then I started thinking about truth itself in that way like some people think what's true is what everyone thinks is true what we all agree on the consensus and other people think what's true is independent of what people think so the the you know we're talking about this ridiculous thanksgiving day draft which you thought you won and everybody thought you won because you said so and it was plausible enough that you won and then when we actually did the digging you did not win uh, it's funny jeff kind of meekly said well you know I, I did have antonio gibson and will fuller and you're like ah no nah. and then i had the steelers defense and this no, and that no, you i acknowledge he was definitely the second marquise said, brown yeah, he was, he was no no but you dismissed he was like well yeah, no actually no you're like i had deshaun yeah. watson and blah blah and, but he's like well i had some guys who scored too and we were just like ran roughshod over that dude. Totally, yeah, I will apologize to Jeff yeah. too. He's like, exit. he's yeah. like, you know, I, I got a lot of votes. I, I'm, I don't understand. And, oh no, you didn't get anything. Just <laughs> shut up, you know. So, but the idea that like, you know, if everybody believes one candidate won, does it matter who actually won? And by actually, I mean. Uh, on the basis of valid votes. So, and I'm not saying this is true. I have no idea. I'm not, you know, I'm not able to uh, do the forensics on this. But let's just say, hypothetically, that Trump actually got more of the non dead, non duplicate, non whatever, non fake, you know, votes and should have won. But nobody credible is willing to back that story. Uh, and if anybody even believes it, they're too scared to speak up because they'll be ridiculed. Anybody credible, that is. Not Rudy Giuliani, obviously. And so let's say that's the case. Then it's annoying. Somebody's calling me. This is so annoying. Don't fucking call me. Answer it. It's fucking scam likely. Let them have it on air. Come no, on. No, no, no. This is like some shit where they like steal your SIM, you know, SIM or whatever you answer. Hold on. Let me just turn the volume off. Fuck off. Some, some guy claims that he clicked a, a UPS tracking service. He got text to track your service. He clicked it. And then later okay. that night, his Bitcoin was emptied. I, I, I'm not touching any shit. Anyway, let's just get back to what I'm saying. Right. I, that's annoying. Right. I'm at the end of this. Anyway, so let's you know, so nobody credible, not Rudy Giuliani, obviously, uh, is willing to like go to bat for it. So who won the election? Who would you say won the election in that case? Oh, yeah, I would say it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Well, well I'm not saying whether it matters. I mean, what matters who won? is... I mean, what do you mean? The definition of win. I mean, I guess... I'm I, saying I who won? Who won the election the at that point? Who's... I don't know. I guess that's how you how you define the word won, right? I well, mean, I mean, one guy, the guy who's believed is going to be... The, the guy who everyone thinks won is going to occupy the office. There's no doubt about that, because that's all that depends on. And then you get into, like, the, the so idea... In this hypothetical world, Trump could, could win three in a row, is what would happen. He could, but I... I Forget about next, more of the, the, the idea, you know, the sort of value versus what people will pay, sort of the actual vote count versus, now, come on, that's ridiculous. Of course he didn't win. Everyone knows he's just doing some scam because he doesn't want to leave the office and da-da-da. Don't even worry about that. He won, right? It doesn't really, the game is to do what you did on the radio, which is to occupy the office, basically, and just get people, this motherfuckers. This is another scam call. Fuck off. Fuck you.
Definitely don't edit this. Uh, no, no. This yeah. is it's funny that you say that. It's funny how you, pre- how you present this because that's kind of the, the concern that everyone had that Trump, Trump was going to lose, but he just wasn't going to leave. You know, like he, he was going to be the. Well, you can't. I, I, he doesn't have the power. Like, he doesn't have the power to do that. If everybody thinks he lost, he's out. What's he going to do? I mean, it's just, he's got to go. They'll just well, that's they'll, way it appears to be happening. Absolutely, and right. regardless of of what the, what happens when you go through the the details. Right. So, so the thing is, like, they're going through the details in the courts, and I've no, you know, again, like, I'm just going to wait for that. I, I can't listen to the media or anything. Everyone wants to dismiss it. They don't even want him to do it. They're like, he should be leaving. He shouldn't be, you know, he, he's this is national security. All this bullshit. I, I don't care about any of that. Go through the courts. Get a ruling. I have no idea. I'm presuming that it's going to go against him because a lot of people are going to look very silly if it doesn't, but I have no Everyone's idea. Everyone's mocking the betting markets, but they give him like a 12% chance still. Right. So like, I think that's probably, but then again, he has supporters who are wish, wish casting a little bit too, probably, you know, with those bets sure. like, Hey, a payout. And sure. so there's two points I want to make. One is even if somehow he showed with good evidence. And again, I'm not saying there is, I, I just, I'm not even interested in the specific evidence because it's just so stupid to argue with somebody about like, oh, well, no, look, you, there were ballots brought in and there was a guy who testified. No, that guy's a, a plant that they put up to it and they're paying him. Or no, those ballots were legit. They just bring, you know, that kind of shit is just such a waste of time to argue about like who's credible and what really happened because it's like, just let the, let, let the finder of fact, the professional finder of fact, the court handle that. Don't argue about shit like that. It's just so ridiculous from like a outside position to whether you're right or wrong, you'll never know. It's just, the court's going to determine that one way or the other. But, but I guess two points is one, like even if somehow he did credibly show that, that he really won on the valid votes, if nobody believes him and if the court realizes that nobody's going to believe it, it's, it's going to be hard for them to rule in his favor regardless. It's just you're basically starting like you're getting a lot of people really pissed. Okay, so there's that. Uh, so then who really won? And then you think, okay, well, he really won, but then the other guy is really going to get the, the win. And it comes down to, and this happens in football, it happens like, you know, this Thanksgiving Day draft, whatever, is it's kind of like, or, or like how about USC, right? They won those championships and then they cheated and they retroactively took away some of those championships, like the Reggie Bush ones. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, so they didn't, they didn't win now, but like they won because like all the celebration and glory and everything for five years or eight years after that until they took it away, it's like that already happened. So they won, right? This is like the idea that, okay, well, they really didn't win. Well, I mean, so the book got changed, but like the reality was they basically won. They won that game against, uh, they, lost, they lose to Vince Young that year. Vince Young yeah, won, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But then there's like the other sort of even deeper question of like, well, what does it mean to win, right? Like we have a Super Bowl and like one team wins. Jimmy Garoppolo can't hit Manuel Sanders on that throw. So the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. If he hits it, then the Niners win. Scott Norwood misses that kick. So the Giants win. If he makes it, Bills win. It's just how we settle it. We settle it on this kick. We settle it on the throw or on the time running out on the, on the field. But why? Why do we settle it those ways? Well, it's just a way that we've come up with that somehow with these rules to determine who the champion is. And you know that the following week, the team that won the Super Bowl might be underdogs to the team they just beat if they had to play again the following week all the time. Sure. So you're not even saying they're better. You're not even saying that they played better in that game. You're it's just, just a, a way of declaring a winner at an arbitrary endpoint. Yes, it's declaring a winner per the rules that we do. You know, And a lot of people, these sabermetrics people, would be like, oh, I mean, come on, the Braves won 14 divisions. That's one of the greatest teams of all time, even though they only won one World Series. And yeah, they were a great team, but like we settle it with the World Series. That's how we settle it, right? We settle it this way. But like, you know, we settle it with the Electoral College and the states and all this stuff. And unless like, Trump won by a landslide, it turned out, which seems unlikely to me. Say he won by a few votes here and there in the key states. Or Biden won by a few votes here and there in the key states. Is that really the point? Is that really what matters? That this person got 500 extra votes in Arizona or Georgia? Is that really... Well, of course not, but I mean, what's the alternative? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right, there is, the uh, there is no alternative. The point is, all it is, is what we really are doing with this voting electoral college stuff. What, what are we really doing? 
we want people to believe in the democracy, that they have a stake, that they have a say, right? And that somehow we have a process and a say that it works. It doesn't really matter. We could make a rule that if like the, the challenger is 800 votes short or fewer, he overturns, you know, or something, or he wins a state by the, covers the spread in a state or something. Like it could be any mechanism. It doesn't really, this is a little bit arbitrary. I mean, the electoral college itself is a, is a particular way to do it. That's a little arbitrary. So like in the end, you could argue that like what everybody thinks happened is kind of what happened. And the specifics are only a mechanism to get people to sign off on the peaceful change of power. Yeah, that all makes sense. And in this case, I don't know if it'll ever become clear of what truly happened here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will. But the problem is because, you know, of Russiagate, because of the politicization of everything, no matter what actually happened, even if Biden clearly won and they, you know, the claims truly are lame and unpersuasive, nobody is going to feel like you know, a significant number, you know, not nobody, half the country is going to feel extremely dissatisfied with the process, the inaudible, non-transparent way that this is handled. And so to me, this is like, it's not like, oh, I'm pissed the wrong guy won. That's different, right? This is like, I don't have faith that this process represents an, you know, a peaceful transfer of power that does what it purports to do anymore. Right. And then you'd hope that they could like fix some things moving forward, but it doesn't appear that's exactly the case either. Well, there's only one thing that could happen, right? In in an environment of extreme distrust, which this is what I would call this environment, because if, if it turns, let's just say, and and if you're uh, very skeptical that Trump won and, and and you're the type of person who thinks this is ridiculous, of course, Biden won, this is some ridiculous scam to try to, whatever the, the purpose of it is to undermine the faith in democracy, whatever it is, stay in the white house, whatever you think the motive is. Just imagine how you feel if they actually, if the courts find very, make a strong argument with underlying facts and overturn it. Are you going to accept that as, Oh no, cool. No, no, I'm good. Yep. The courts found it and here's the evidence. And I'm sure it was on the level, right? You, no, you're not. You're going to be like, this is total bullshit. He lost. He did some shenanigans with the courts had Republicans on the courts. They, you know, they did something shady and n- neither yeah, side is certainly yeah. neither side is going to accept the other one. And, and not like, again, not like, Oh, I'm pissed. The wrong guy won. Uh, but like, this is an invalid process. And even last time when he won, they tried to blame it on Russian hacking and total stuff that there was really. Yeah, so is that, and is that a worst case scenario then for civil unrest? I mean, isn't that really what well, these, like the, is that, let's say Russia or whomever, that's what their quote unquote goal always is. Basically, is just to create unrest from within, whether Maybe. it be left or right. I mean, doesn't they don't think they give a shit there? So I mean, and isn't that kind of what's happened? So this seems to be a worst case scenario for that. Maybe, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't see civil unrest going on now. That, so having said that, that doesn't mean that I'm not painting a doom and gloom, or whatever. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's been over overblown. I tend to think that, but, but it, all the economic stuff hasn't exactly hit yet either. So that's right. Right. We, it could happen still, but I, I think civil unrest would be a symptom if it happened, if it does happen, right. A, a symptom of, of people feeling pissed uh, and, and that this did not meet the standards of a proper Super Bowl or whatever you want to call it. But it's a symptom, but the deeper underlying thing is there's just no trust. There's no respect for the institution anymore. You know, I mean, they got to collect taxes, but you're sort of like, I'm paying taxes to, you know, you, you, it gets to a thing where it's like the, the entire legitimacy of the operation is not accepted by 75 million people. And I don't just mean like, again, that they're pissed that, you know, their particular guy didn't win. That's okay, fine, get over it. That's how democracy works. But this is this this goes a lot deeper. And and so so you're in an environment of incredible distrust. And we know that the government lies. We know that the mayors and the governors are going out to restaurants in violation of their own stay at home orders. And you know, this is the, the level of trust in our institutions is and it's Nadir. I mean, it's yeah, you see the San Francisco mayor did it right after Newsom. Yeah. And then the Austin, the Austin, the, the Austin mayor, Austin, Texas mayor had made a trip to Mexico uh, with his family and while saying don't travel and then filmed a stay at home, don't travel message from Mexico. 
Oh, wow. Okay, I mean, this is how, it's, it's ridiculous. So the credibility is, is shot. What is the solution in a situation where the trust is zero? Yeah, you know that California is going to go into lockdown today. I mean, Newsom's announcing, so it's, uh, I, yeah, I don't pe- know. People are going to have civil disobedience left and right because they're going to say, fuck off. Uh, you know, I'm not, you don't believe in this. You can't tell me to do this. And then what are they going to do? Were the police going to like jail and beat these people? Or are they going to say, yeah, you really should do this? Do you I mean, know that even my local sheriff the county has said we're not enforcing the 10 p.m. stuff like they've come out and even said that. So I don't know. It's right. Weird because because the they're, are, I mean, that's it's weird. So, so you're having a breakdown of the, you know, of the trust completely. And there's only one way to restore trust. What what let's say you don't trust me at all to score the Thanksgiving day draft or you don't trust Jeff Erickson and you shouldn't that dude cheats all the time. You don't trust Jeff Erickson to score the draft. What would you do? What would you do? I would go and score it myself. Right. You would audit that shit, right? Yeah. And once you did, I did not, but you could because you trust Jeff because this is an environment of high trust. This would be like a well-run country that you were like, no, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure he got it right. Um, but you would audit it. And the fact that it's auditable also increases trust, right? Because like, yep. if he tried to cheat, we could easily bust him. And that would be horribly embarrassing for the meager hundred bucks or whatever he's going to get from this. So, so you needed things to be auditable, but like the, the vote is not really auditable. And like, the, like saying that like, Oh no, no, no. The, the state apparatus to count this recounted it and it's fine. It was totally legit. Come on. That's not auditing. That's faith. We need to believe that guy. Oh no, no, no. He's not a partisan guy. He's put in, we're just believing other people, right? I mean, this is just crazy. Like, why do we believe? And, and you think of the last five elections. Why are we believing the people? In, a, in an environment of high trust, we're like, yeah, no, this is an election. Like, do you realize what's at stake in an election? Yeah, How much they spend yeah, on an election? Yeah. Imagine like the NF, okay, the NFFC. Here's another good example. They don't allow trading, right? Because I, you and I can get into a league together and I could trade you. I'd be like, uh, how about Kyler Murray? You've got Kyler Murray and... Justin Herbert. Why don't you trade me uh, Justin Herbert for Naheem Hines? You need a running back. You know, and suddenly, like, I win the thing. They can't have that. They cannot have trading. And they're smart not to have trading because the stakes are high and you don't know the people. So the environment of low trust. So you, so you don't have trading. It's, it's just obvious not to do that. So now we have the stakes the highest ever. You know, we have huge, you know, ad campaigns and media is completely devoted to saying whatever they have to say to get people to believe what they have to believe. And we're supposed to just believe this inaudible process is something we need to just trust the officials who do it. And so this is, this is a problem. So, okay. So one thing is auditability, right? The next election, if we're still a unified country has to be completely auditable. And one of the things about Bitcoin is it's not just that like, you can see how much money you have. You can see how much money everybody has you might not know who their identity is it'll be a you know public key that you just see a bunch of string of you know letters and numbers but you can see like the entire network's net worth moving back and forth and that's incredible incredible people are like some guys say if you don't run a you do even bitcoin if you don't run a full node because it's like not only do you have bitcoin you are auditing the entire supply at all times. Your machine, your little computer is auditing the entire supply. Think about the Fed and fiat currency. It is the least auditable thing. There's banks and like secret government stashes and Pentagon funds and, and, and Euro dollar swaps going on around the world and derivatives that we just have no idea about the money supply, who's moving markets, who's doing whatever. It is completely inauditable. And so this is also going to be a problem. Like, okay, so the vote, nobody trusts that. Are people going to trust? And if you are a naive truster, if you're a person who says, oh, come on, you tinfoil hat guy. What do you mean? You don't trust the election now? I mean, come on. I mean, they've tallied this up. To me, that is, that's an extremist position to be trusting in this environment. That's an extremist position. So may I also note that the blockchain is open over the holiday weekend, you know, where like say the stock market is closed. There's no, there's no right. trading over that. Um, so you're, so you're, so you're saying vote by blockchain basically is what you're. Leaning well, they've got to build something like that. You know, it could even be Bitcoin. I don't, I don't know. There might be, there might be a way to encode, you know, the timestamps and people's votes. I don't know. Maybe it, I don't know how it works, but yeah, you certainly could build a, the problem is, 
I mean, again, I'm not the expert at this, but there should be a way that's replicated in so many different machines that you see the votes coming in. I don't know if there's a way to falsify it, but I'm just going to say as an analogy or a model, you know, to have something that's completely auditable. Not only do you notice that your vote, you have a public key or a private, you know, no one knows who you are, but your private key can determine your public key. You can see that your vote went in to the state that you were entitled to vote and that was counted. No key could be counted more than once. Everybody would have to do something while alive to, you know, there'd be just auditability. And yeah, I mean, again, I'm not the technologist, but, but I just think like it, the process going forward must be auditable. And I don't know if there's going to be a going forward because I I don't, I don't think you should trust this election. I'm not going to say who won. I'm not sure it matters who won for the reason I said, I'm not, I'm sure not sure it matters. Just like the Super Bowl, It's just sort of like, so Norwood's kick goes in, it goes out. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just how we settle it. But the point is we need a way to settle it that can be trusted regardless of, you know, again, 600 people here or there is not, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean, oh, look at the mandate that Joe Biden now has. Look at the mandate that Trump has. He won a second term. It does, none of that means that. That doesn't mean that shit. That out of 300 million people, a couple thousand went one way or another in particular states. It, it, it really doesn't mean anything about the will of the people or anything. It just means this is the way we've chosen to settle it that at least allegedly, which I don't even think it does, gives people a say. And they're, because, they, you know, think about the choices we even had in the beginning. Think about the searches that you try to do to find out information about candidates, about Biden, about his son. Think about what you can tweet and the messages on Twitter. I mean, this, this process has been short-circuited in so many different lev- layers and levels that we certainly don't, you know, Bernie Sanders, oh no, he's not in the election, Tulsi Gabbard, why are there only two people? Why wasn't Tulsi at the debates? You know, even though she got uh, a delegate, why wasn't she at the debates? It's not really that people have a say, really. But even the meager sense that they do, which is as arbitrary, even that, as meager as that is, that has to at least be auditable and like, okay, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. Yep, they scored that last touchdown. Yep, we saw it on replay. He got over the goal line. All right, that sucks. Other team won. Done. That's it. Even though we see them screw up the uh, the reviews, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah. Um, yeah I firstly, mean, can I? Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Firstly, just real quickly, um, after we recorded the pod last last week, I have to say I, I thanked you for getting me into Bitcoin, and I said so you were the main reason I, I did get into it. And then promptly that night, it crashed fifteen percent. So I just wanted to say that's just very very fitting for my uh, year. And secondly, yeah, I think you got to be skeptical about the outcome here, right? I mean, that's the only only verdict to really have is skepticism and audibility would be ideal. And is that attainable? I mean, it seems like a low bar to clear, but I mean, that would certainly be nice to, uh, to, I mean, they don't want it to be. I know. Right. I don't think they want it to be. I don't think they want it to be. And because then if you also had this auditability at the primary level and maybe Bernie actually won, I mean, who, I don't know, you know, like I don't trust any of this stuff. And it's just, and the other really kind of gross thing that's going on is if you were to get on Twitter and say this, and you know, people, I'll get a negative, I get negative comments on the podcast sometimes if, if the wrong people listen, they get very disturbed by this, but they'd be like, oh, come on, you crank, put on the tinfoil hat. You're not even allowed to even express this. Like it's, it's like taboo even to say, look, I don't trust the process. I don't believe in this. I don't, I don't think anyone knows. And that even that would be, it's like they want to cut it off at every level. Like they don't, you can't get the information. You can't tweet about it. If you do tweet about something related to it, it makes you a crank. It's like a full scale information war. And it's at every level. You can't even, you know, just to even express the opinion is taboo, which that is, that should make you think, right? Like if it's a robust process, it should be like, ah, well, you don't trust it. Well, you should trust it. But I, I hear you. You know what I mean? Like, just like, if you were like, I don't trust Jeff, I'd be like, well, then tally yourself, but I trust Jeff. You know, it'd be like very simple. I wouldn't be like, and then just in general, and just forget about the election or your Thanksgiving Day win, so-called win for a minute. The idea if you're in a low trust environment where the media is incentivized career-wise and by their bosses to mislead you, deliberately to mislead you about everything, about what's going on with the virus, about health, about financial markets, about politics, whatever, then what do you do? You need to verify. You You can trust what you verify. And the problem is we're in a position to verify very little. So 
you know, it's like, do you trust that an airplane will land? Well, I'm a, I used to be more of a nervous flyer, but the thing is like the, the guy flying the plane, the engineers who built the plane, they all seem to fly in airplanes and the airplanes take off and land safely every day in massive volumes of them. So there's sort of like a skin in the game test too, right? Like this works because it's been tested and so you can trust it. You can trust certain things. Other things you can verify yourself. Like you can look out and say, is it raining today? It says it's raining in my, in my area. I'll, I'll look online. Is the weather info legit? Look out my window. Yeah, it's raining. It's legit. You, know, you can actually verify that. And then the other one is just sort of a first principles thing. One guy asked me on Twitter, he said, well, what, you don't believe in, you don't believe in scientists? Because I was saying you shouldn't believe scientists. You should believe in science, the method of science, but not scientists. That's, they're just the new priests. That's just religion. And he said, well, so if you're going to believe the 1% of scientists or less that don't believe in evolution, or are you going to believe in the, one, the 99% that believe in evolution? I'm like, I don't believe in evolution because of the ratio of scientists who believe it. I believe in evolution because it's by far the most plausible explanation for why things are the way they are. I mean, it's just such a good explanation that like checks every box of how did this happen? There are some questions about evolution, like how birds got to fly. Because how would you get from like developing wings to actually flying and quickly enough before, before developing wings was a liability? But those are like tiny little things. Like the, the theory of evolution is like a really excellent uh, explanation for so many phenomena that we see. So there's like a first principles way of verifying things too. Like it makes the most sense, but things like, you know, who got the most votes in Georgia? It's like, there's just no good way to uh, verify that for yourself. I used to be like that though, being like, well, I'm no expert. I mean, I'm just deferring to the experts and throw my hand, you know, and you're stupid if you don't think, you know, just follow them blindly. I, you know, I was as guilty of that as anyone, you know, certainly, eye-opening throughout this pandemic uh that's for sure i've changed my view on 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 that well you know what else is kind of crazy and so we got into this discussion also which is so initially like they were saying like fauci was saying like don't wear masks masks are not gonna make a difference and then obviously now it's masks are important wear a mask and i don't i don't care to like say which is true i'll wear a mask indoors because the hassle of wearing a mask is just a lot less than the downside of catching and spreading covid so okay to the extent it might help i'm going to do it indoors but the more interesting point was fauci said don't wear a mask and then they said wear a mask and people pointed that out and he said well we really said that because we didn't want the masks to be hoarded by regular people who wanted the first responders to have enough masks no, i didn't i wasn't even sure they admitted that really okay well actually i don't know i thought he said that okay i, I don't quote me for sure but i'm pretty sure i saw that that was the explanation given by him okay. or by other people like him, but I could be I could be wrong about that. But anyway, let's just some other people have said that that was the reason that they sure. they did it. Now that might be bullshit. It might be just something they're saying in retro, you know, to cover their asses for being wrong. But let's just take it at face value and say that's really why they did it. That is fucked up, right? Because that means yeah, that's why I'm saying I can't believe they admitted it. That's what that I'm means saying. that they lied about something that's now essential to your own safety and the safety of others for the greater good. They said, yes. you know, it's right. So, it, so what else are they lying about? Like maybe, you know, maybe they think global warming is the real threat. Let's just say this is the case, and this virus is a big lie to stop you from consuming and going out and doing stuff and taking airplanes and driving and stuff until we get global warming under control and this whole thing's fake. I mean, by the same principle of we had to lie about the masks so the first responders could get them, even though these masks are really important for you, you can extend that principle to we had to lie about the virus because we're going to have an economic collapse and you guys are going to riot and kill everybody unless we get, li- get you living in a perpetual state of fear so that we can transition out of this debt disaster that we're building up. I mean, anything is justifiable. There's so many, yeah. Right. So many Global warming, you know, we have to do this to you. I'm sorry, we had to make up this virus. It was the only way. There's no way to get the, the world to cooperate, you know, the way we needed them to. So that is fucking crazy to say that that's like legitimate. Oh, no, no, guys, no, no. They only said that because they needed the first responders. They're more important. Like, yeah, it doesn't so, make it better. No, no. It, is yeah, so, yeah. it makes it worse. It means that they're willing to be dishonest. So anyway, we all know they lie all the time. But uh, my bottom line point is forget about the specifics of I don't even give a shit. As I said, I wear the mask inside because I think maybe it's true. It makes sense to me. It's plausible to me. And that there's an asymmetric risk reward to it. 
but forget about the specifics of it. It's just that these people cannot be trusted. These politicians are going out and they're doing the things against what they recommended. The health authorities are reversing themselves. They, you know, they, they didn't recommend shutting down air travel in February. Now they're restricting stuff. It's just incredibly, incredibly suspicious. And what happens in cases like this? Well, you need to be able to audit it. You need to be able to figure it out. There's other things like they're, they're not recommending vitamin D. I've seen a million different people that I respect health authorities saying vitamin D is essential. If we gave everybody a ridiculous dose of vitamin D, this virus would, you know, the mortality rate, everything else would, would crater. What's, what's, you know, what else is going on here? I know it sounds very dystopian and you know, we've gone down that road, but that guy, Michael Krieger, I follow start, is, is starting to think like they may, it may go the other way where they've overplayed their hand. People are talking about this stuff. People are thinking about this stuff. The alternative is, no, dude, you just have to trust. There's an emergency. You need to trust. But like, there hasn't been a good reason to trust. I, I don't understand who is still trusting. I think people are so scared and so uh, out of sorts that they're desperate to trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. To me, it's like, nah, dude, you're on your own. You, the government's not looking out for you. The pharmaceutical companies are not looking out for you. The tech companies are not looking out for you. You're on your own. They're, they have their agenda that they... And this is, this is an era of try to verify things for yourself, try to reason from first principles, try to understand the world for the things that you can be sure of, reasonably sure of, and trusting... You know this person because they have this title or because they have these degrees or because they've been recommended by people that society esteems. Yeah. That's not good enough, man. It's not good enough for me. And I, I've just seen too much stuff, too much bullshit. Yeah, no, the future definitely could be very, very different than, than yeah. right now. But I, but I, I do think like people need to stand up. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to to say, look, I'm not comfortable with this. You know, like, I'm just not comfortable with it. I mean, if you are, then, then you are. But if you're not, people are terrified of what other people think. What will they think? What will they do to me? Look, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not harming, you're not sitting there harming people, hurting people. You're not doing it like, oh, but you could harm me. You could give me a disease. Like, if you start looking at other humans as just disease vectors, that's some scary dystopia. That's some uh, black mirror shit where other humans are just like potential right. disease carriers rather than. No, other humans are like the the reason for uh, for living is that there's other humans. Like there's connection. There's you know there's understanding. There's there's purpose in the world because of other humans. They're not just disease vectors that could kill you. That's a very that's very uh, a horrible way to look at it. You know, and I feel like they're trying to get you to look at people that way. I mean, breathing outside is like an offense now. Think about that. You can go without air for like, you know, two minutes. You can go without water for three days. You can go without food for a couple of months. But the thing you need the most is air. Air is the first thing. And they're saying like, no, you taking that air, that, the most fundamental thing you need is, is a threat. And you need to curb that threat. We need to curb that threat. That's, that's it is fun. wild. That, you know, sorry. It is wild that they're not promoting. And there's no, there should be more promotion of vitamin D and getting sun and promoting health and, and, and exercise. And um, your immune system is at the top of the list here is the immune system. And I haven't even heard it at all. Well, they've shut it down. There are a lot of people are talking about that. They, they, do not, they do not want people talking about that. Yeah. It's, and, yeah and vitamins and, and other like, you know, the anti-malarial drug that must not be named. And now there's also like an anti-parasitic one called like, because of an I like Iver something, I-V-E-R something, that supposedly has done well in, in helping. If you have it, it helps cure it. You know, that's just not even uh, Ivermectin or something like that. That's not in the mainstream discussion. Treatment. What about treatment? Mm-hmm. What about, you know, ways to, if you could treat it easily, then it wouldn't be a big deal. You know, Lyme disease is one of those things. If you get bit by a tick and you notice it, you go right away, you get some strong antibiotics and it, it's gone. You just kill it. Mm-hmm. But if you get bit by a tick and you don't notice it for some reason or you just neglect to deal with it, then like, you know, and it goes six weeks or eight weeks or whatever the magic. You're in trouble. Oh, Lyme disease is a, is a hell, hell on earth. Yeah, so yeah. if you kill it right away, you know, the whole long COVID and stuff, maybe if you got the right vitamin and anti-malarial, anti-parasite um, yeah. anti, uh, 
treatment and you kill this, this bug off quickly, yeah, maybe you get a little sick and it, and it goes away. But if it, if it lingers, and then maybe it's incredibly hard to eradicate and it, it becomes like long COVID or the other things that people are suffering from. So I don't know. There's a speculation, obviously, but you don't hear a lot about treatment. Um, you hear mostly about vaccine or, or bust, vaccine or lockdown. It, do, it doesn't seem like their treatment should be another huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, maybe they do have it down, like say the president gets it, you know, someone who would be susceptible. He seemed to recover quickly, probably because he got the, you know, obviously. Sure. He got all the best shit that there is. And and I, you know, look, I, I have lots of vitamin D and zinc and things like I'll take that stuff. Apparently, uh, niacinamide, which is like a B3, I think it's B3. I know, niacin, not niacinamide, niacin. There's two variants of it, but niacin, it gives you a flush. And I once took a couple of these, took 500 milligrams of it. And all of a sudden, my body was on fire. My face was red. I was like, uh-oh, I'm, what the hell is happening? Am I having a heart attack? And then I like Googled it, and it was like, no, if, if, you, if you take this stuff, you get this flush. It's intense. It's actually good for you. And apparently that, at least according to some people, it could be bullshit, uh, help thwart it or treat it if you have it. So I've been taking some niacin, too. Niacin. Okay, I haven't heard that one. Niacin. Right. You have to have a flush. It said that the non-flush stuff doesn't work. So anyway, just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep my cabinet full of that stuff. Because I oh, think yeah, that I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I, I, I'm hoarding. Some people are hoarding um, uh, toilet paper. I'm hoarding zinc and vitamin D. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it's like be your own little pharmacy. It's not perfect, right? I mean, you'd obviously rather have access to like everything, but you know, look, you do what you can. You know, I, you sh- I, people should have like a little bit of stuff to treat bacteria and viruses that, to the extent that some stuff works. You know, there's a lot of herbal stuff you can buy and do your own research on, but that's better than nothing in my opinion. You know, <clears throat> it is uh, seemingly increasing though, man, and the NFL, who knows the season's going to end. And obviously this is a, a problem that's uh, going to be with us for a long time. I mean, it's, it's I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, how long can it go on if everybody gets it or I, if there's I, a vaccine I, or I, yeah, I mean, I thought that, but it appears to be, uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe the vaccine, I don't know. Well, I, I think, I think if the vaccine is safe, and and whether or not it's safe, as long as it works, I mean, I feel horrible for the people that had bad side effects. But if it's you know most people doesn't end it and it works, and say even thirty or forty percent of the people take it, and then you figure out all the people that have already had it, yeah, not just the people that have been tough. diagnosed, but all the people that you know had it asymptomatically and never even got tested. You and I could have had it for all we know, and then uh, all the people that just have some natural kind of immunity to it who would have been asymptomatic or barely not even caught it it may just be a herd immunity thing anyway. You don't need to get everybody. You need to get like 60%. But if you get 40 and there's 20 that have caught it and 10 that are immune anyway, it might just yeah, be, it might stop spreading. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm not convinced because I don't – but I wonder if I had it too in January. And I think I, if I did, I, I, I went to the NFC Championship game with 70,000. You were a super spreader. You were a super spreader. Because, but um, my mom was – really, really sick during that time too. And all the, the symptoms, but I, I bring that up because, um, there were recent reports of, uh, I forget which city, well, I'm going to pronounce it wrong anyway, but, uh, there have been a bunch of outbreaks earlier than previously had reported right. in China in, in December and whatnot that year in November. So uh, they do think that, you know, this probably started a little bit earlier, the timeline that people thought whether I had it or not at the timeline probably was earlier than previously reported. Yeah, no, I know people who went to the emergency room in like February with pneumonia. Actually, um, our housekeeper here, and she was just cleaning the house. She, she was, got sick. This is like in February, January maybe. And she got sick and she went to the hospital with pneumonia. And so she was like, oh, no, I can't come today. I'm really sick. And then we saw her like the following week. She was still coughing like crazy. She's like, yeah, I actually had to go to the hospital. She told Heather, I, she only spoke Portuguese, that she went to the hospital with pneumonia. And we're like, wow, God, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm a little tired, but I'm, I'm okay. And then she had to not come the next week because she got sick again and went back to the hospital. And then she got over that, and then she was fine. And meanwhile, she's just like in our house. like. And then Heather had this horrible cough. Heather never gets sick, had this horrible cough where she was having trouble breathing. She thought maybe it was COVID. And uh, we're sitting in the bed, and I'm saying, 
I'm, she's like coughing like crazy and like having trouble breathing. She's like, I'm worried. I'm going to like choke in my sleep. I'm like, all right, well, do you need anything? She's like, no, 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 I'm okay. But she keeps coughing. I'm like, can I, I put the pillow between us. I was like, look, I just got to have a little barrier here because you're coughing right at me. And she said, this is not going to help. I'm like, I don't know. Every little bit helps. You know, we got this <laughs> argument about like, I was like, just, I'm like, Hey, come on, you know, at least give me some respect roll the other way please you know so but then also i was making her these cocktails i have all these vitamins because i'm a i'm a nut like that and i was acerola vitamin c i was getting 10 grams of vitamin c in this Mm -hmm. tea and then this acerola this was super sour and then i was putting baking soda sodium uh bicarbonate which is kills off a lot of bacteria and stuff it's it's a base sodium and i put in sodium bicarbonate and then i put in like vitamin d and all this stuff I made her these crazy vitamin cocktails and she was pounding two a day for like uh, 10 days maybe and i, I would say oh, i cured you of covid like i gave you know i got you that hmm. stuff you know and who knows if she even had it or and i had this like minor cough over the time so maybe i had it we just don't know everybody thinks they had it right because anytime you got anything right. um you assume you had it but Oh. And it'd be nice to, yeah, if you just already had dealt with it in the past, that would be the ideal. Um, I believe it was the acerola vitamin C, these chews I had when I was a kid that they tasted like candy, and I loved them so much. Best tasting candy ever. I think yeah. it was that exact acerola yeah, that's what we're we, talking about. Yeah, you, um, well, we had powder that's just super sour. So, yeah, the sweet ones with sugar, I would say, are not quite as good. And then and then things have gone okay with Sasha in school, yes. Yeah, her school had a couple out, like minor outbreaks, but I think schools for some reason don't spread it as much. I'm not really sure well, why. I think just flat out the kids beat it quickly, quicker is what they I get it and beat my it. Theory's been. But why don't they've they gotten it? it and they've beaten it? Is what my theory has been. And they don't so. shed it, and they don't shed it to their parents very much. They don't not really as shed, much. Yeah. It's not as much. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's plausible, and uh, she's been fine. Remember, she had that leg thing. And so we actually got, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, so okay. she got like an x-ray, it was nothing. And then we got this physical therapist do some answers. And I was like doing a podcast of the show and I came back out when she was gone. And I was like, so what did she say? And, and Heather looks at me like, there's nothing wrong with her. <laughs> and then said, no more crutches. Because she was using crutches. She immediately was fine. Now she's boxing again, running, uh, jumping. So it was totally either you know, an act or psychosomatic that, you know, we got this dog. She wasn't getting attention. Other girls had crutches. Right. Oh yeah. Cause of the dog. Yeah. It's funny. My godson, my niece's son had the same thing, complaining of foot pain and she thought he was just faking it. And an MR or sorry, x-ray did reveal an ink, a fractured ankle. So he right. was not being a wuss about it, but the dog thing makes total sense. Yeah. To Sasha. But how funny is that? That it was, it was totally ridiculous. Like she probably did yeah. hurt her like muscle a little bit. It wasn't yeah. like nothing, right. but, uh, but anyway, you know, any, uh, orthopedic, people surgeons out there i i was surfing and i fell and i landed in the sand on my pinky and it swelled up and you know you jam your finger playing basketball or whatever it happens all the time right and you get like this fat knuckle for a while and it hurts but it really hurt and i didn't do anything to it and now this is four months later and it's kind of deformed like my pinky i can bend it but it still hurts to make a tight fist and the knuckle still is like fat in the middle like it juts out the hell do you do four months later I don't want to like break it and re-break it and have surgery or something like that. How do I get rid of this thing? Well, if we're on the subject, I have my, my developing plantar fasciitis later in life. And even though it's most people on their heel, I have it more the top of my bottom of my foot. And it feels like if any human should not have a problem with their feet, it's me who doesn't do any physical activity. But I guess I'm told with and you weigh like a hundred pounds. Not wearing shoes is not good for your feet, I guess. Too. No, so like I should, no. I should being be wearing good. slippers no, is what I'm told. Being barefoot is that, good. By the way, you should you should you should be barefoot on the grass. Yeah, yeah, you should earth. Earth. Real man earths. Real man earths. Real man definitely earths. You know, no doubt about it. Uh, Um, So yeah, I don't, dude. Plantar. I'd rather have that bola than the plantar fasciitis, dude. That's like a death sentence. I mean, that is the that is a crippling affliction that you'll never get over. That's horrible. I feel bad for you. Now Heather had it for like six months. From she tried to do this like mini like a six k, no, a ten k run and. She'd put in playing tennis and then she had to quit tennis because of it. So just, you got to stay off that for like six months. It hurts worse laying in bed for some reason. I don't know. It's weird, but it's just uh, maybe. Yeah, but come on. No one cares about that. I'm saying my finger hurts, man. My pinky yeah, is finger. swollen. Finger. It's not really debilitating in any way. You know, it's just my pinky, but it, you know, it's, it's like if I, if I needed to get into a fight, it would hurt to punch somebody. And sometimes Sasha like hits my finger and it hurts a lot. So I don't know. I don't know what you do four months later. I don't know if it was broken or it was just badly sprained, but like, Dude, it's four months, and this thing is still not totally healed. Yeah, that's no good. Um, all right, want to talk? Well, I have one only thing before we run through these football games. We can do super quick. Is uh, did you did you check check out any of the Tyson Jones fight? I didn't, but I heard it was all right. 
the whole ske- the, the, it was a, uh, definitely a spectacle and it was funny i mean jake paul this youtube star knocked out nate robinson i mean it was pretty funny i mean just knocked him out completely went night night snoop dogg was a great who's this guy jake paul is he a does he is this star, is he a star from physical activity or what no, he's like a, he's just a YouTube star. I'm not sure what makes him a YouTube star, but he has gotten into boxing and he's done a couple of these, these celebrity things. And he right. looked impressive. And he's right. even called out Conor McGregor, and that might happen. <laughs> and it would be probably worth watching. I mean, right. knocking out Mitt Robbins is pretty funny. I mean, he came in with that listening to that song, playing. Ba- I don't want to sing on the song, but playing an old school basketball yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, Snoop Dogg was a great commentator, and Tyson just dominated. Very silly, they ruled it a draw, but Tyson dominated. Minute afterward, he smoked weed right before, which was great. <laughs> well, and, real man, uh, of just, course, of course, yeah. a real man smokes weed before a, a fight. Yeah. yeah, so I, I did buy the money, went over to a friend's house and watched it. It was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty funny. But uh, so you got me on the Bills bet. We bet twenty dollars. Bills Chargers uh, came down to the very end, and one of the worst endings ever. Coaching, and that was pretty funny. That uh, I told that you, man. The game I told we you. both had differing sides of best bets on the most random uh arbitrary outcome of the week i tried to Pretty tell funny. you yeah i, I you know it's, it's, one of us knows what's going on the other one is just flying <laughs> blind here obviously yeah right, I go send you, and you made a tweet out of my uh, paypal sending to you so appreciated that so yeah you want to talk about these uh football games yeah let's or? go through yeah let's we can quickly go through these so what's the first one lions uh lions bears we, we're using the bears right we like we like the bears yeah, concerned about a dead cat bounce with the Lions' new coaching change, but uh, yeah, they they look bad, and the Bears' defense is good and at home. So, and I think Trubisky is actually uh, an upgrade. All right, Bengals at Dolphins. I took the Bengals, but I I don't want to touch this with this backup QB. Uh, I just zero interest in this game. Agreed. I took the points, assuming that they're going to go with Tua. That's that's why right. I, I think that matters. So yeah. I would go with the Dolphins. Dolphins at the third best point differential this year. And uh, there's no good team, whatever. There's no Belichick Patriots there. I mean, I guess you could consider the Chiefs with Mahomes in their prime uh, maybe the dominant favorite. But I'd say go for it with Fitzpatrick. Is that crazy since they have the Texans' as draft pick next year and they should be you know, evaluating Tua? They really need to evaluate Tua, but it's not just you know the, the other considerations. There's other players on the Dolphins. Like, they want to win. Their career window isn't infinite. If you get in the playoffs, you never know. And good I, th- I would I would go. I would go with whoever you think gives you the better chance to win. And it sucks for them that they might have to. And I would, and then if you, you're going to see Tua in practice, you saw him in a couple of games. If you're not positive about Tua and partly because you had to go with Fitz to contend and didn't give Tua the audition he really needed, I would just draft the quarterback anyway. If you, if you thought there was a good one, you know, and just be like, we'll trade one of them. We'll do whatever we have to do. Yeah. And no one says you can't do that. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. and you could trade to, and, and Tua yeah. right now is still would fetch like a late first rounder. I think. Yeah. He's not Josh Rosen yet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the more you hide him, the better. He maybe looked good. Actually, he looked good yeah. in that uh, Arizona game. And he, you know, he moves well. I, I, I still think a, a team would definitely take a chance on Tua for like a late first round pick, you're not going to get a better prospect than Tua with the 25th pick. So if you're, if you're picking 25th and you need a new QB, you know, or even 19th swap that pick for Tua and the dolphins can move on. And I don't think the, they're phony this year. Like they're um, top 10, like pass defense. So I'd go for it with Fitz. I would do that. All right. What's next? Colts uh, minus three at Texans. I took the Texans, but I don't feel great about that now, now that I've been thinking about it. Yeah, I actually switched because of the the couple days later sending in the staff picks. Texans obviously felt like the right pick. I'm like, I'm going to go this sucker side. Colts are going to bounce back because he looked so bad last week, and I laid the points. No Will Fuller hurts. And no uh, – And Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby's out. And, and, and just the, the river sucks, but like if you're – but he, this is like perfect for him, a bad exactly. defense, like just dink exactly. and dunk it. All right. Jaguars plus nine avid Vikings. I took the Jags, but I don't want to touch this. Yep, agreed. Same. Raiders minus eight at Jets. I like the Jets. I mean, I, the Raiders, I think they'll bounce back, but like, that's a huge number on the road uh, against the, obviously the worst team in the, in the league, but it's still a huge number on the road for the Raiders. So you know, I don't think the Raiders can win by seven, but eight's a lot. Yeah, it's eight and a half in the Super Contest. This would definitely be in consideration for me to use. I just don't like buying, going against a team coming off their F game, and the Raiders were so bad last week. But, man, it's a lot of points for the Jets. The Jets defense is fine. So, I, yes, I agree with you. I like, I mean, I like dude, it. Here's the rule. Whenever a team loses by 37 to a losing team, Use them in and they go on the road for the second week in a row, laying eight, 
don't take them. Take the team getting eight. That seems to me like pretty easy. No matter who it, it is. is. Funny. It is funny, though, aren't they? Like one of the three highest uh, teams used in Survivor, though, this week. They are. got blown out by a losing team last yeah, week. Yeah, a team that got Long annihilated point. and then they're on the road again and laying eight points. You know, it's, it's crazy. That just shows you how bad the Jets are. Uh, Saints minus three at Falcons. We're using the Falcons. I don't like it as much as you do, but I see the case for it. I think Taysom Hill can get solved. I haven't heard the Peabody uh, segment on XM, and the, yeah, I know the Saints defense is so good, but the Falcons four and two after an zero and five start since firing Dan Quinn, quietly been playing defense better, especially against the run. So I don't know more game film, second time playing them in what three games? Taysom Hill, I don't know. I like the setup here for Atlanta, although I'm buying them off an A plus game from them. But I mean, the well, Rufus, Rufus said they didn't play well. They, he said the Falcons graded 14th in that game. That it was just. All sorts oh, of penalties and junk, yeah. so yeah, turnovers. turnovers yeah. Julio Jones could be back, which would be huge too. Though I like, I like the Falcons. I think they're like they're the, the stone minimum in like DFS defense. Like I'd, I'd go after the Falcons this week. Okay, and then Browns plus five and a half. The Titans. We're using the Titans. It's a better team, right? Just they're just the Browns are a total pretender. Titans are actually good. Yeah, both are eight and three, but their point differential is way different. And Baker Mayfield playing from behind. I don't like that setup. So yeah. Giants plus 10 at Seahawks. Danny Dimes did a little on the side today, but unlikely to play. I took the Giants just because they're scrappy, but I'm not touching this. I took the Seahawks mainly just because of Colt McCoy. I could see them trying to, oh, out-physical you and run the ball. They've not letting Russ cook anymore. But Carlos Dunlap, since they traded for him, their defense has played much better. I think Dunlap's hurt. Yeah, I I know. Um, I think I heard it wasn't serious, but it did require an MRI. I don't like Whatever. It's a stay-away game. All right, Rams minus three at Cardinals. I took the Cardinals. Seemed just like a lot of points on the road. But I'm assuming Murray's healthy, and I don't know that for sure. So this is another one I switched because of the extra days to think about it. Um, yeah, the Rams coming off such a bad performance against the Niners. Uh, it does feel like the smart side should be on the Cardinals, but I think Murray's shoulder may be a real thing here, so I took the Rams. All right, Eagles plus nine have the Packers. I had this exact line, and I have a rule that when I get the number exact, I take the team I'm less inclined to take. And it was against every fiber in my being that I took the Eagles because the Packers are a bully team that takes care of bad teams, especially in Lambeau. But because I could have made the line bigger, but I didn't, I took the Eagles. It's eight and a half the Super Contest. This is one of my five favorite bets this week, the Packers, but won't, won't fight you on it or anything, especially where we If you want to take them, I would. Uh, I don't uh, care. We were one and four last week, so we Rob finally had that one win week, by the way. I know, and it's part, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was uh, mostly your fault. the Rams against the Niners, which the Niners got healthier by game time. It felt dumb before the game even kicked off. Um, Rogers zero hits last week against Chicago. Wentz is so bad, and as you said, they just bully bad teams. So I, I like the Packers, but what's next? Uh, I, I totally like the Packers for all those reasons, and but because I made the line exact, I was like, my rule is take the team I don't want, that nobody wants, if we make it exact. Patriots, pick them at Chargers. I took the Pats. I actually made it a pick them, but the more I think about it, Belichick versus Anthony Lynn is like Pat Mahomes versus Drew Locke. You know, it's like, that's worth a lot of points, that differential. Yeah, my original instinct was, what? of course the Chargers are better, but then why am I fighting it each week against the spread with Anthony Lynn? So I stopped fighting it. Yes, Patriots coaching advantage here is the difference for me. Okay, Broncos plus 14 at Chiefs. I took the Broncos, but I this is the right line. I had 13 and a half is what I made the line. Yeah, to stay away with these. Are they going to get the backdoor cover or not? I right, mean, that's, all, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. Bills minus two and a half at Niners. Niners are my best bet. I think they're getting healthier. They're getting guys like Richard Sherman back, Trent Williams. I'll even concede Mostert's pretty good. Debo looked like a total monster. Man, Debo and Kittle together, if they were healthy, it's like A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. It's just like two. Well, and Ayuk looks good. What yeah. He's back. I mean, it's, Yeah, he's a different kind of player, you know, and so is Mostert. But, like, but Debo and Kittle are like Brown and Henry. Like, they just bludgeon the other team. Yeah. Like, they hurt you. Like, nobody wants to tackle those guys. Yeah. It's so weird, though, that now they don't have home field. This game's in Arizona, so... Buffalo does have to travel, but to the scene of the Hale Murray, but um, just a weird season for the Niners. But I agree with everything you said there. They're just the key is getting healthier. But Nick Mullins is is not great, man. He, Jimmy G is definitely better. Allen has these weird drastic splits with without John Brown. So um, yeah. is, is Nick the, Mullins? The Niners are, does Nick Niners Mullins are middle initial giving me hope? So Jimmy G's middle initials A, just a guy. Yeah, J A G. But uh, Mullins is L. 
What, what does that stand for? Nutless monkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Yeah. He, uh, he, um, they're giving me hope, which is a problem because I'd written them off completely. And then suddenly they have this big lead with the Rams in the second, late in the third quarter, which they then give up immediately. So I didn't think they'd come back to win there. Um, I mean, at home against Buffalo, at home against Washington, at Dallas, and then a neutral game against this Arizona team, and then at home against Seattle. So I don't know. Interesting with seven teams making the playoffs. Yeah, no, it is. It is interesting. But, you know, same thing. I give it up in the Giants. Danny Dimes played better. <laughs> they're, four, yeah. they're four. I mean, the Niners are five and six. Giants are four and seven. You know, they're game worse and yeah. they're contending, too. So they're in first the place right now. All the way down to the backup QBs. Yeah, well, I mean, the Colt McCoy is just, I'd rather have Mullins, to be honest. But anyway, football team plus nine and a half at the Steelers. I took the football team. I had the Steelers initially, but I switched it because it's like Pouncey, we don't know. They lost Bud Dupree. This game is five days after they last played a a division rival game before a look-ahead game to the Bills. The football team has been off since Thanksgiving. They have a good pass rush. I just think this is a bad setup for the Steelers. It's seven and a half of the Super Contest. I did lay the wood. I feel like their offense was so bad against the Ravens. They're due for a better performance, and Alex Smith could get eaten alive here. That was a wild stat that it flashed. No defense has ever finished first in sacks, turnovers, and points per game allowed, and the Steelers were. I don't know if they still are, but they were number one in all three. But, yeah, the Bud Dupree could be a, a loss there, and it's such a weird with the setup, you know, having played on a Wednesday. So it would be a stay away. All right, and then uh, Cowboys plus seven at Ravens. I actually kind of like the Ravens. I, I think they've got an extra day, and the Cowboys are well rest, rested, but um, they'll get some of their – we don't know exactly who they're going to get back, though, as part of the problem. But I just think they're going to crush the Cowboys at home. just feels like one of those games. Yeah, I laid the wood as well, and I'm assuming Lamar comes back. But, yeah, their defense, they, you know, they hung around there with the Steelers' valiant effort there, and, yeah, it feels like a crush, yes, for sure. Andy Dalton and that offensive line could be in trouble. Yeah. All right. So our five are going to be the Falcons, the Titans, the Patriots, the Niners. And what's the fifth? Bears. And the Bears. All right. That's right. All right. Yeah. Well, we got it. Anything oh, else? Man, I'm in. I've been complaining about my fantasy teams all year, list. I'm in first place in Silver Bullet and first place in NFFC Classic, which is not a small payout uh, here entering the final week. With I, I took Derek Henry over Michael Thomas in full PPR. So I just want to brag about that when I when I do not end up winning it here in the in the final week because that one actually could be over before week 14. It depends if your your record and your overall points. But um, big final weekend. I had to say that because I'm such a disaster in the league we're in together taking oh. Joe Mixon just to mix it up over oh. Derek Henry. I will never Joe Mixon. Again. Oh my god, yeah, that is a, a bad bad one. So you're, you're dumb. You're, you're, I'm going to uh. send you money there. But man, uh, wish me luck this weekend. I have a lot on the line apparently in these two uh, NFC leagues. I know, but the podcast listeners love. The, the the near miss stories though i don't know if i can root for that i, I, root, I root for the podcast i was gonna say i feel like i'm setting myself up exactly for that by even talking about it beforehand so next week the near miss yet again the second place or third place is is, now, is inevitable i actually have a chance to make the playoffs i think in our league i gotta look at it it's not a it's not a great team but there's one guy who's definitely gonna win points and records so he's in but the guy in second place in records only a game ahead of me and he's got fewer points than me by like 60 and then Sislowski is nine points ahead of me and the same record so if I just win and beat Sislowski by more than nine points and this other guy loses I think I get in right that sounds like it yeah oh but there's some other guy way lower who's who's six and six who's got like 50 more points than me so would oh. he get in a points would get in right if there's a guy that wins points and record the second guy that gets in is not on record it's on points i think it's points yeah, yeah so i have no good, shit yeah. so i have no i'd have to beat that guy by i mean you can it, it can happen but there's a couple guys another guy at 40 there's no way i just need to get like 200 points basically and now swift is looking iffy and i needed him to play so i'm probably probably toasting that league but i'm in a prime time where if i win and outscore this other guy who has the same record as me but like nine fewer points by you know if i don't get outscored by nine points by him i win the record portion of the prime time and that's decent money it's i don't have the most points but I, how much is that like four grand five grand or do i play that guy 14 through 16 to see who wins the bigger prize if i have the better record and he has the most points 
See, I'm not doing as well on my prime time, and they're all so different. Like the classic can be open. That's it's twelve grand if you win that one, and it could be over week thirteen, but you have to win record and points. Right. And then if you tie that, then you go on. But I think prime time might be. I don't think prime time ends week thirteen either way, does it? See, I, I would be more if my I forget. There's too many leagues and there's too many different formats. So I, anyway, I I've got a couple live ones too. <laughs> Actually, the one with Sislowski's not really; it's barely live. The one with you, but this other one is definitely live. So we'll see. But good luck, man. Yeah. Hopefully, you thank can, you. Uh, you too. Finally, you too. Uh, stack some sats with some of this money. Yeah. Oh, I have. And by the way, so you know, you're saying, oh, it dropped right after you said that. But as we wrap this up, it's at nineteen six, nineteen five right now. So I think if it ever, it's just been toggling between like 19.7 and like it dropped to 16 something, but it's been between 18.1 and 19.7 for the last three, four days. But if it ever cracks 20 for like a couple days, I think we might be off to the races because that means that nobody who bought anywhere and held it ever lost money ever, no matter where you bought it, if you held it. And then I think that's when everybody, the institutions and everyone start going in large. So if it, I think people are trying to wait for a drop to see if it goes back down to get in a little cheaper. But I think if it cracks the all-time high and stays there for like three days, it may it may be hitting thirty before it, and you may never see fifteen ever again. Seems like just yesterday you were losing a bet that it, it dropped under ten k. Well, that pisses me off because it dropped. It didn't drop under ninety nine hundred, and you know it's got to the end of the year. I mean, you never know; they could drop. There's nothing. There's no like Fed printing money to support it. Although it is you know, indirectly doing that, but they're, they're not directly doing that. So anyway, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. Do you care about it? Do you know anything about like uh, worry about uh, on his uh, way out? Trump might leave a president, a know your customer uh, thing. Have you oh, that? Steve Mnuchin, uh, FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt. Yeah. Uh, they might do something like that and it'll be for the exchanges to say, if you're going to get your money off, you know, you've got to figure out, you've got to like, do all sorts of KYC uh, for the, the wallets and yeah. stuff. So, you know, the, the guys I trust are like, get your stuff off sooner rather than later and just be prepared. But I don't fundamentally think that's going to make a big difference. Okay. okay. All right, man. Good stuff. Thanks. Right. Sorry. We, a day later than usual. Um, if you guys play fantasy hoops on Yahoo, I'll be the guy and, popping up before your draft, telling you what, who not to take or whatever. I filmed some vids yesterday. So thanks for changing the schedule once again for me, Liz. And, con- and congratulations to Jeff Erickson on being a dominant yes, Thanksgiving day delayed <laughs> draft player. The best oh, that I've ever good. seen under, under those conditions. And I apologize. I will on Aaron XM too. It is funny how that all uh, went out though. That's pretty yeah. funny. And congrats, Jeff. Yes. All right, man. Take it easy, Dalton. Later, Liz.